you with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Thanks for joining the show, everybody. This is Faraz Sadiqi. Welcome back. I have a very, very special guest with us. Steve from Fantasy Guys is here. Welcome, Steve. Welcome to the show. I'm glad that you added the extra very. You could have just gone with very special guests, but you went very, very. So I appreciate that. Yes, yes. You are, <laughs> you get two varies because you are extra special. Uh, you know, we talk all the time, you know, so I couldn't give you the, uh, the just the very treatment. Um, you the are single. You are a, uh, like, see, guys, like, I don't know if you guys know, but if you follow me on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy, hopefully you know about what Steve is doing there too. Okay, um, and at Fantasy Guides uh, on Instagram. Okay, so make sure to go check him out there. Um, Steve's intention is to join us every Thursday for this show. Yeah. For those who have been listening, uh, you'd know that I've been doing this Thursday show on my lonesome. So Steve should be joining us for the rest of the way just, just to make sure that I stay in check and to pro- provide some deeper and more enjoyable conversations around some of these players going into every single week. Um, if you happen to not know what Steve's do- Steve does, go check out Fantasy Guides on Instagram. Some amazing fantasy football content, extremely a- a- aesthetically pleasing graphics to go along with it as well. So really good stuff there. Okay, appreciate that. Uh, yeah, man. Of course. Uh, let's hit on a few pieces <laughs> of news real quick. Uh, a few notable DMPs. Uh, no Kenneth Walker in practice on Wednesday. With a chest injury, not sure if that limits him at all. Uh, monitor that. We'll get a walk, walker in a little bit when we hit our running backs. And by the way, Steve, I haven't checked any news for the past like couple hours. So like, if you see anything like on the East Coast, especially if anything dropped, uh, just let me know. Uh, by the way, okay. uh, is it true that we are not going to get Khalil Herbert tonight? Correct. Yeah, it says from what I've seen, um, he's not going to be active tonight. That came through okay. a little bit earlier this morning, probably while you were uh live or something but yeah he's yep. not expected to play all right so it's looking like the deontay foreman show because last week uh it really became the deontay foreman show man like he had almost mm-hmm. all the work especially on early down so like if you're choosing to to start Roche, uh either either uh Khalil, you know um one of those bears running backs um For- it's foreman not, foreman or uh and it, sh- or- and it should not be a roshan yeah right? no it I- should not be roshan is what i'm trying to say no no i like I like Foreman. What are they? What's the uh, over under on that one? I believe the Chicago. It's probably is... like twelve points. <laughs> it's three and a half. <laughs> so they're expect they're they're projected to win by three and a half. So I, I do like Foreman tonight. Um, revenge game for that one year in Carolina. Yes, and yes. Uh, he killed Carolina. It. He killed it last year. He did. He did. Carolina gave up the second most fantasy points and the fifth most rushing yards and the most rushing touchdowns to running back position. Yes, I like Foreman tonight. Tell that to Jonathan Taylor last week. Okay. Tell that to Jonathan Taylor, who could not get anything going against the Panthers. Um, Michael Wilson was back as a limited participant in practice as Arizona wide receiver. Uh, He missed last week due to a shoulder injury. I'm personally very intrigued by what Michael Wilson can do with Kyler Murray. Uh, So if he's available in your league, he's available in a ton of leagues. So pick him up and stash him for a week just to see what's up. Uh, in case we see a little bit of a connection there. James Conner, he was also back to a limited practice. Not 100% sure if he's suiting up this week, but if he does go, I think he's a solid RB2. If he's active, 
Uh, where do you have Connor this week, Steve? And by the way, like we don't even know if he's going to be active. This was a short week, obviously, for Khalil Herbert, and he wasn't active. There's no guarantee Connor's back this week. But if he is, where do you have him? If he's active, yeah, I think. Oh, uh, let's see here. I'm just looking. I would probably put him right after you know your Ramondre Stevenson, maybe Javante Williams, yep. kind of like a mid-range RB two is is my thinking. I haven't haven't really ranked him yet, just because I kind of want official word on whether he's playing or not. But I yeah, I'd probably yeah. put him in that that RB eighteen to nineteen range. But but just just because I don't know if he'll be fully. Uh, given the the workload that he did before, if they'll ease him back, but um, but yeah, no, I, I like him in about that range. Yeah, I think um, they have no choice but to give him all the work because they have no other running backs to give work to. <laughs> like yeah. there is yeah, no other running really back don't. there that they trust. Uh, you know, Demarcado, he's also kind of a little bit banged up as well. Um, yep. So, so so we'll see what happens there. Um, Jamar Chase didn't practice due to that back mm-hmm. injury that he was happy to be alive from uh and t higgins was limited due to a hamstring and he was spotted moving gingerly in the locker room uh that's not what you want to hear this could be a little bit more concerning because of that particular observation by sports illustrators james rapian uh what a name definitely have to monitor <laughs> practice reports on thursday and friday uh so be prepared to be without either of those guys this week just in case uh you might want to no. pick up tyler boyd if he's available uh, maybe even Trenton Irwin in deeper leagues, uh, but this is not a great sign to start the week. Faraz, I, I I seldomly bring up myself when I compare uh, athlete athletic injuries, but I done what he did playing flag football before, and I couldn't move for a week. So I I am a little bit nervous uh, that he will be <laughs> not a hundred percent at kickoff. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sits out practice again today. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. Um, just monitor that. Uh, Debo Samuel is back in practice in full, so fire him back up against Jacksonville. The Jaguars play a lot of zone coverage. Uh, that's when Kyle Shanahan likes to use him the most, so fire him up as a wide receiver too this week. David Montgomery is back in practice in full as well, so fire him up. You might be surprised how high I have him, Steve. He's my RB7 on the week against the Chargers. Uh, are you surprised I have him that high? Like, What are your thoughts on this Lions backfield? Uh, you know, this week going forward, do you think Jameer Gibbs works works in uh, in a significant way? Uh, you know, more than he was before the buy. Yeah, you know, no, I, I think he easily has top five upside. The Lions are three point favorites actually in this game, um, and it's it is in Los Angeles, but that's not really a home game that or even an away game. The Chargers they don't really have a true home crowd, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've got him. I'm, like I said, I'm still working through my rankings. I probably would put him as a high end RB two personally, and part of that has to do with just some matchups I like better than his uh, this particular week. Um, but it's a, it's a good matchup. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I think his floor is probably ten to twelve points, and then we we've seen if they. I, I mean, Dan Campbell is hinting at the fact that Gibbs will get more work uh, moving yes. forward, but. I I don't fully trust that. If they get a lead, if they I still think he trusts David Montgomery a little bit more than he does Gibbs. We would you be shocked if he had 30 touches, you know, no. on Sunday? No. I wouldn't. So, I wouldn't. And and I'm I'm under the assumption that he gets like, you know, 15 somewhere in the range of 15 to 20, right? And and that's kind minimum. of minimum. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where my mind is right now. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, for Montgomery. Um, and, and there are some matchups I like, and, but it really comes down to a lot of times it just comes down to trust, you know, with a lot of these running backs. And Montgomery is like one of the guys that 
moving forward, like I just trust that most he's going to come through more often than not uh, as long yeah. as he's healthy. Um, no practice for Josh Downs on Wednesday. Uh, not a great sign for his availability after seemingly aggravating that knee injury on Sunday. So be prepared to be without him. If you're wondering uh, who will take his place out of the slot, uh, that would probably be Isaiah McKenzie. Um, Vikings head it's coach. Too bad. Too bad because it's a really good, really good matchup too. So I know. I, I, I wish and, he was you know, playing this week. <laughs> I know. I know because he's had some tough matchups out of the slot. Um, you know, over the last few weeks, but he's come through. You know, mm-hmm. and he's been coming on, man. He's he was one of my favorite wide receivers coming into the league this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it does suck that. Uh, hopefully, that knee injury isn't too bad, and he's able to come back soon. Uh, Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell said that week 10 would be a little aggressive to have Justin Jefferson return. Uh, not what you want to hear after Jefferson has been on IR for the past four games. Uh, there's a good chance he misses uh, this week, and then hopefully he'll be back in week 11. All right. Also, keep in mind that Jefferson uh, hasn't, you know, the Vikings haven't had their buy yet. Uh, I think their buy is in week 14, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, you'd be prepared to be without Jefferson again. For another week, if he's, you know, at some point when he's back, you know, so if you're, and the reason why I say that is because if you need to win this week badly and you were banking on Jefferson and you need to trade him away, you could do that because you'll be without him for in, in a couple of weeks once again. You're right. It, it's um, actually week, week 13 is when he has his 13, bye week. Okay. So I think there's there a good go. chance Sweet. he could, might not see him till 14. Oh man, really? You think so? Oh, dude, that well, would be I don't, absolutely just to take, if they take the if they take the cautious route, you know. Um, but it could be like Kyler Murray; they could talk about him being activated just this it, week it, or next week. It was week, a but. four to six week, uh, you know, injury, you know, mm-hmm. and it's been four weeks now. Five weeks yeah. would be this week. Six weeks would be the next week, which would be week eleven, and then he yeah. would play what week twelve, and then the bye week thirteen, right? Or do you just but, keep him out? That's the question. I don't know, you know, and here's the thing, like you're just, I, I'm just thinking about you talking about if you need to win right now. Um, now I, I will say Justin Jefferson, probably about as matchup proof as it, as it gets, but uh, going up against Mark, if he played this week, going against, um, oh, this uh, blanket on the Saints corner, uh, Lattimore, Lattimore, and then gets certain next week. Those are two really tough corners to go against. So, his ceiling could be a little bit limited over the next two weeks if he happens to get on the field. Now, Chicago, that that would be a good one, obviously, week 12, but then the bye week 13. So uh, it just depends on what, what's your win-loss record, you know? Uh, if if uh, if your win-loss record's not good, if, if you've got like three or four wins, I, I'd probably move in him. I hear that. Damian Pierce still not practicing uh, as of Wednesday. Uh, Devin Singletary was their workhorse the week before, meaning he got pretty much all the opportunity that was available for that backfield. He just didn't get a lot of touches, and he wasn't too efficient either. Uh, However, I do think Singletary would make a solid flex play if Pierce is out this week. Um, Drake London was back in practice. That's a good sign. There's a chance that he's back in, in a good matchup against Arizona. And I think that should do it. Uh, for the news, um, unless I missed anything that happened in the last couple hours. Um, let's hit on some quarterbacks. Uh, I, I think you know who you're starting, right? Josh Allen, obviously. Uh, Justin Herbert against Detroit. That matchup's total, according to Fantasy Life's Game Hub, is set at 48.5. That's the highest total of the week. I also have Jared Goff at 6 this week. The only quarterbacks I'm starting over him are the guys I just mentioned. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, right? 
those are the guys pretty much. So when you consider the Bengals wide receiver situation, right, like going into this week, if they're hurt, in case those guys are out this week, like would you play golf over Burrow? I uh, if if Chase is out, I think an argument could be made for it. I don't know, like if I necessarily would. I still think Burrow uh, at home versus Houston. I still trust him, even if Chase for you know happened to miss this game. But I mean, it's close. This is a smash matchup for Jared Goff. Um, they have do they have the highest implied? No, they don't have the highest implied total, yep. but they they're right up there. Oh, you oh their team? Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, team. yeah, they're up there. I think they're top like five or six. Yeah, so. I think it just kind of depends. Um, I probably am still going to go Burrow, but I would not blame you for starting Goff uh, if Chase is out because it's a really well, Higgins, there's a chance There's a chance Higgins is out too with that hamstring, right? Because yeah. like if he's walking well, around, if he's walking around the locker room, um, you know, gingerly, and he, he could have, you know, what could have happened is that he could have, you know, something could have sprung up during practice yesterday. Um, yeah. So we'll see if he, if he ends up being a DNP today. Something yeah. to monitor there. I I will adjust my rankings, you know, once we get some more practice reports today. But it, w- I have no problem moving Burrow down to probably about QB six if if we right. have any questions about these two receivers not playing or right. being very like limited, you know, in the game. Yeah, yeah, we, we've seen that before, man. With, especially mm-hmm. with T Higgins, right? Like yeah, T Higgins year. is active, uh, but you know he ended up not. He ends up either playing fifty percent of the snaps or no snaps, um, yep. which would be absolutely terrible. The Chargers have given up the six most fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last four weeks, right? The second most over the course of the season, right? Um, so that's something that, you know, you could consider when you potentially throw in Jared Goff in your lineup this week. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been struggling a little bit in terms of fantasy points. Uh, he put up 28 fantasy points against them in Cleveland in week four. Uh, now he gets them at home. Uh, I still have him ranked at number four despite the tough matchup, right? Because that ceiling is just too high. Yep. Yeah, I've got him. Exactly ranked there right now. I've got him at four. Um, the implied points is, is 11th on the week. So I think they are not expecting Baltimore to blow them out like they have other teams so far in the last couple of weeks at home. But um, but it's Lamar. It's it's really hard to move him that much further down your rankings. I like Brock Purdy this week, man, coming out the coming out the bye. Uh, he's at six for me. Uh, might okay. be a little high, followed by CJ Shroud. Uh, going into Cincinnati, I think I like him more. You know, if the Bengals wide receivers play, right? As weird as that sounds, because it might be more of a competitive game, and you know they'll score more. He'll score. He'll have to score more. So I think this is where there's a little bit of a teardrop for me, right? Dak Prescott has been on a roll, but the Giants like they don't present a huge challenge, right? Like we don't expect a a close game there in terms of like them scoring points. Dallas have the to score points. Do you see more of a Tony Pollard game this week than a Dak game? Yeah, if I he then that's kind of how it worked out last time when they played New York. That was the uh, the only game Tony Pollard scored any touchdowns. He had two touchdowns versus the Giants in Week One when they beat him forty to nothing. Um, I do like this as a Tony Pollard game, but I, I like Dak too. I, I basically I want to start Dak. I want to start CD for you know obviously, and I really like Tony Pollard this week. Um, what's crazy is I I haven't seen a implied point total from a team as low as the Giants have. Since the Broncos started, uh, like that, uh, Quint, that Hinton, I, I can't think of his first name, but remember when they couldn't start a quarterback during COVID? Yeah, <laughs> and it was like <laughs> they had to play a wide a wide receiver at quarterback. I think That's that right. was lower, but but eleven implied points for the Giants this week. So uh, this is going to be a complete blowout. The only thing I'm worried about with Dak is being game scripted out. You know, to where right. they don't even need him 
in the second half that much. So um, I still really like Dak this week, but I do think it's shaping up more for a Tony Pollard game. Again, guys, my rankings are up on upperhandfantasy.com, positional rankings, flex rankings, but also while you're there, make sure to sign up for a free daily newsletter. It comes to your inbox every single day for free news, some analysis, some entertainment around the fantasy world. Uh, and if you don't, if you don't like it, you can just unsubscribe. Easy enough. Upperhandfantasy.com. I'm subscribed. You're not going to want to. I can tell you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> all right. We have Kyler Murray returning. Uh, I have him at 10 this week, right ahead of Geno Smith, uh, who has a very good matchup against Washington. Uh, maybe this can be Geno's best game of the season. Maybe we can he can bring us a good game for fantasy. Maybe. Um, we need a Geno. Okay. Uh, but back to Kyler, reports are that he's extremely engaged. Uh, he has Hollywood. He has Connor back, hopefully. He has Trey McBride, you know, doing his thing. Atlanta's given up the six most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year, the second most over the last four weeks. I think Kyler can potentially come in and do his thing right off the bat. Yeah, I agree. Um, so where I've I've got him at 12 right now. Um, but as I've been looking at it this morning, I, I feel like I want him to hurdle um, Trevor Lawrence and Sam Howell in my rankings, partly being he is at home. Um, the matchup is very good. And, you know, we've seen Kyler Murray a couple of years ago because I am expecting a less – I'm not expecting him to scramble as much as we've seen him in the past. Right. But a couple of years ago was was a, a season where he didn't scramble as much, and he still averaged 21 points per game. I think he had like 400 rushing yards that year, so he was averaging about 30 rushing yards per game. I, I'm expecting that, Kyler Murray, if not even – possibly even less rushing yards than he had that season. Um, sure. But still, but still, I, I still – think you know 19 points per game kyler murray is possible um if, if if he's healthy enough to play yeah no totally man um you should see where i have trevor lawrence ranked this week by the way it's it's kind of it's kind of bad um now i think we're getting into streaming territory here i mentioned geno smith probably my favorite streamer of the week uh you know you have guys like Derek carr minnesota baker mayfield against tennessee who's been getting it done lately for fantasy uh josh dobbs the savior at home against the Saints, not the best matchup in the world. Uh, Will Levis against Tampa. Tampa's been absolutely terrible against quarterbacks this year. Uh, Taylor Heineke against Arizona. First of all, is it crazy that I have a few of these guys ranked above Trevor Lawrence this week? <laughs> and, and I second, probably second, would. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe Taylor Heineke. I he just it's 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 something visually with him. He just doesn't look like he could produce fantasy points for me. And uh, I, uh, that's, I have that's what I'm having Heineke a hard time <laughs> below Trevor Lawrence. Don't worry. Oh, you so do? I have, okay. I have. All right. Yeah, I do. I have Trevor Lawrence at 15, followed by Will Levis, Gardner Minshew, and Taylor Heineke. Okay, I like that. Yeah. So is it, I don't know if that's absolutely terrible, but who are your top two streamers this week? If you had to, if you had to choose. Well, you you said Gino, so I I, I would have him. But if I'm picking outside of Gino, um, I'm going to go Baker followed by Will Levis. Um, okay. I, I've been I've been impressed with Baker so far this season. I, I think Levis probably has the higher upside. We've already seen that this year. Um, but I do like the match for Baker at home. Um, yeah, I, I, those are my top two. Will Levis, the matchup is really, really good. Like if you, yeah, it is. If you have somebody on by, if you got Mahomes on by, for example, or Tua, I really like Levis this week. Uh, you know, I think his floor is probably decently high too. I don't think it's gonna he's gonna completely burn you. And I think he could have a decent ceiling in this one. That makes me happy. I have Jalen Hurts on by <laughs> in the league that I have uh <laughs> that I have you know, I have a super flex league uh where I have to start Will Levis. So I'm happy about that. 
All right, let's move on to some running backs, Steve. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Brees Hall, Alvin Kamara, Travis Etienne, they make up my top five. The order might be slightly different, but do you have any other running back in your top five this week besides those guys? Yeah, so the only one I'm bumping out of your top five for me would be Etienne. Um, I just he's been get he's been a stud this year, been an absolute stud, getting two touchdowns. What is it like six straight games? Um, yep. I don't. I think that streak ends this week. I do think it's going to be a tough matchup uh, versus San Francisco. I like Tony Pollard better this week, so I have oh Etienne goodness. down it as my RB eight, and I've got Pollard up as my RB five. So, dude, that's just kind of where we differ a little bit dude tony pollard man so um i and i think you know this this comes into a lot of the philosophy behind rankings right and, and i think it's one of those things where can i bench a player for the player above them right that's mm-hmm. kind of how i've been how i do these rankings opposed to and obviously projections do come into play and if i had to project i would guess that tony pollard i haven't looked at him it's not in front of me, but my projections for Tony Pollard would probably be higher than Travis Etienne. And it really comes down to, can I bench someone who's been just absolutely just getting it done all year long, you know, against some tough matchups for somebody who just has been done, has been doing the opposite, right? And all efficiency yeah. metrics are pointing to Tony Pollard just not being as good as he was last year. And, and it sucks, right? Yards after contact, missed tackles forced. He's just not – he just hasn't been good with the opportunity that he's been given. Um, and it sucks. Yeah. This week yep. – and we were just talking about it on, on the show that we just did, where this week is a litmus test for Tony Pollard the rest of the season, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he can't come through this week, then it's going to be a very, very tough situation moving forward. And I would probably try to get out from Tony Pollard if this if he can't get it done in this game. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. If he I, I think there's zero chance. Well, Let's not say zero. I think it would be very hard for Tony Pollard not to produce some decent fantasy points this week. Like, I think he should at least get 15. I'm expecting more than 15. But if he doesn't look good, if it looks like he gets bailed out by a goal line touchdown, you know, and his efficiency metrics look terrible in this one, this could be a get out kind of game after this game, after this week. Um, If he doesn't produce this week, then he might have missed your opportunity to move on from him. But I still, you know, the, the volume is still there for Pollard. The efficiency is not, but um, he's top 10 in snap share, weighted opportunities, targets, red zone touches. I think he's number two in red zone touches this year among running backs, and uh, he's fifth in reception. So all the things you want him to be getting volume-wise are happening for him. He's just uh, he's not the uh, efficiency monster he was last year, which, uh, that, you know, that was one of those things people questioned was in a full-time role, could he be as good? And so far... He's not. He hasn't been injured or anything. He hasn't been dinged up. But the can he handle the workload efficiency wise uh, hasn't hasn't quite lived up to expectations. Yeah, I mean, I have David Montgomery, uh, you know, ahead of him. I have, you know, jo- uh, I have Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon. Uh, I want to put Tony Pollard up at six ahead of Jacobs because I do feel like this game will be all about him, right? Just it really comes down to him not being trustworthy this season. He also hasn't looked like himself, right? Four of his last five games under 10 PPR fantasy points. Like, that's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. And he, had his, he had his best fantasy item, like you mentioned, against the Giants earlier in the year. I think this has to be the spot where Tony Pollard comes through for you. And if he can't come through in this game, like we mentioned, I think it's time to move on. Um, well, in his his first three matchups of the season were against bad defenses in New York, both New York teams. 
and Arizona, and he did come through for you in those games. And then he hit a little bit of a tougher stretch, had to play San Francisco, the Rams, Philadelphia, which are some tougher ones. He now has like a four-game stretch back to like very, very favorable matchups. So like you said, you, you said this is a litmus test. Um, if he can't come through on these, I, I do think he will. But if he can't, uh, then yeah, maybe it's time to move on. I want to hit on Josh Jacobs against the Jets real quick. Uh, the reason why I have him ranked at six here this week is because, number one, I, I don't trust the Jets' offense to score many points, so I think Jacobs can potentially get you know 25-plus carries in this game. Uh, Antonio Pierce called him the engine of his offense, but he had 26 carries against the Giants last week. Uh, the Jets are allowing the seventh-most fantasy points to running backs this year. Um, so I can mm-hmm. see Jacobs getting a whole lot of carries in this game. You You stole my show sheet notes. Uh, that's basically what I said is even if like the efficiency weren't, was not there, he's going to get so much opportunity. Zach Wilson's not going to be able to move the ball. There's going to be a lot of three and outs potentially for the jets. So like you said, the 27 opportunities that he got last week, he's, he's going to get 20 like his floor is 20 opportunities this week. So yeah, I've got him at, I think you said six, I got him at seven right now. Um, so I'm very confident in him this week. Let's talk about Rashad White. I have him as my RB12 this week against Tennessee. The Titans have really let up against running backs this year. They're allowing the 10th most yards per carry. And now the Titans, you know, have allowed the second least receptions to running backs this year per game. But Baker is dialed in on White over the last several games, similar to how he was dialed in uh, to Christian McCaffrey, rightfully so, last year. And now Rashad White is only second behind Alvin Kamara in receptions. He's caught 97% of the targets thrown his way this year, dude. Okay, Mm -hmm. he's first among all qualifying running backs in yards after the catch. And according to Fantasy Life data, only Christian McCaffrey is running a route on more of his quarterback's dropbacks this season than Rashad White. This is exactly what we talked about before the season. He can be inefficient on the ground, but he has a chance to be elite in the receiving game. That's exactly who he was coming out of college, and now we're seeing it play out. Ah, you just keep taking the words out of my mouth. I totally agree. It was, it, it was getting a little frustrating at the f- start of the season because I was, I, I think I have more Rashad White than probably any player in my drafts because he was that <laughs> he was kind of that zero RB running back, um, yeah. model. Like, was he like fifth, sixth round that you could get him in? And I loved the dual threat ability he had uh, in the receiving game. Um, and yeah, he's been he's been amazing. And you just brought up the Titans. They do give up uh, in our uh, adjusted rankings that we do the fewest receptions to running backs. Um, but they did also give up. You just mentioned he's second to Alvin Kamara. They gave up 13 receptions to Alvin Kamara a few weeks ago. Uh, it was now, albeit for only 36 yards. But I don't care <laughs> if I can get, you know, 10 receptions well, from Rashad White. I- I'm happy with it. <laughs> Listen, Alvin Kamara is one of the least efficient running backs, okay? And and Rashad White is is like the most efficient running back in the receiving yeah. game, right, uh, on a per-catch basis. So pretty good, right? Yeah, so I, I, think, I hear that, man. Yeah, it, it, other than that one kind of game, that sort of outlier game against uh, New Orleans where they gave up the 13 receptions, I don't believe they've given up more than three to any running back uh, in any other game this season, but – I would I would push the over on that for White. I, I expect at least four to five receptions, yeah. kind of a floor. Um, so he's going to get you at least 10 points with, obviously, he was RB1 last week, 28 points. Um, he's got that ceiling now. They, they trust him there. He's getting a lot of work. Um, yeah, I got him as my RB13 so far this week. If I'm not mistaken, he's the overall RB1 over the last few weeks, which is kind of, yeah, kind of insane. Yeah, I think you could be right. Um, yeah. 
Let me ask you a question, Steve. Who would you rather have rest of season, Derrick Henry or Kenneth Walker? I have Derek them back-to-back back in my rankings this week <laughs> at 13 and 14. Okay, so, so Derrick Henry for you, huh? Yeah, I wanted to say as fast as I could uh, without cutting you <laughs> off, but I, I, was, I, I wasn't able to do it. Um, it's, it's, it's one, I still trust Derrick Henry. I still think he's got, got it in him. Uh, he's looked good uh, in, the, in the games I have seen him play in, uh, and his schedule – is just so much better rest of season. Um, in our rankings, we have him with the fifth easiest schedule moving forward, whereas we have Kenneth Walker with the fifth hardest schedule moving forward. Um, I do, you know, both are kind of in a committee right now as far as snaps go. Um, I still trust Henry a little bit more to go back to like an overall volume role than I do Kenneth Walker. Um, I think that Charbonnet is more of a threat than Tajay Spears. Um, I really like Derrick Henry rest of the season. I actually have him as my RB5 rest of the season. Um, just based on schedule, he gets those two playoff games against the Texans that are kind of an annual win your league kind of matchup that he seems to smash against them every year. So uh, I'm very bullish on Henry moving forward. Yeah, I hear that. I, I don't think the Texans are a um, as good of a matchup as they were over the past mm-hmm. few seasons. I will um, agree with that. But I, I think it's close, though, man. I, and I know that most people, I would say like 75% of people would say that Derrick Henry would be the guy rest of the season. And I would probably tend to agree because of, I think the tiebreaker between these two guys is the schedule, right? But the, like you mentioned, they're very similar situations, right? Tyje Spears, primary passing down back. He's been outsnapping Derrick Henry in several games this year. Uh, I just think Walker is like the more talented, more explosive player at this point. I think the offense is going to get better. Like they went up against the Browns and the Ravens, you know, the last two weeks, you know, in a row. Um, and that could mm-hmm. have us feeling some sort of way, especially because he just didn't come through. Right. Um, I think this can be a get right game for the entire offense against the commanders at home this week. Before the season, we talked about Zach Charbonnet being a real concern for Kenneth Walker. Right. And I think you have to assume that Charbonnet will continue to be more involved moving forward. But, you know, only 31% of the rushing attempts each of the last two weeks for Charbonnet. I'm not sure how much that increases by, um, you know, I don't see a situation where this turns into a 50-50 split in terms of the run game at this point, especially considering how good Walker has been up until that calf injury, right? Like, he was really good up until two weeks ago. I think they limited him. Even two weeks ago with the calf, like, he was really good. I think they just limited him because of that. Uh, and then last week in a negative game script, Charbonnet outsnapped Walker – it makes sense, right? Charbonnet has been the two-minute snap guy uh, basically since week two. Uh, he's played that role on long down distance, you know, for several weeks now, so no surprise there. But, you know, Walker, you know, he was getting 86% of the rushing attempts, you know, before the calf injury, right? Uh, like, like that comes – that coming down so drastically after that, like, makes me wonder if this was an injury thing, right? But we'll see, right? I think – this was definitely my concern, like coming into the year, which is why I don't have much of Kenneth Walker on my teams. But like my opinion has changed a little bit from based on what I saw earlier on in the year and based on how good Walker has looked. Um, my guess is that Walker moves back into the driver's seat in a significant way pretty soon, as long as he's healthy. Right. I, I think like he had a chest injury, right? Like like that mm-hmm. kept him out of practice on Wednesday. So we'll see what happens there. I would assume that if the calf injury was a thing, he wouldn't be practicing uh in full. Um so we'll so we'll yeah. see what happens moving forward. But I do think that well, the pa- there's a little bit of panic over Kenneth Walker, and I think it's a little bit overblown. 
You know, I don't, I don't know. I may disagree with you a little bit on that. And it's, it's not anything to do with necessarily Walker, but you had brought up the two previous matchups that were really difficult and he's going to run into so many more of those matchups moving forward. He does get Washington this week, which is a good one. Um, but then he gets the Rams, which is a difficult matchup. He gets San Francisco. He gets Dallas, San Francisco again. Then he gets Philadelphia. Then he gets Tennessee, which I do think Tennessee is a little bit tougher for a running back like like Walker a little bit. It's not it's not a smash matchup by any means. That's what concerns me. There is like a five game, six game stretch there where it's all bottom bottom of the league matchup. So that's my biggest concern with him. I think he does better in a, in a more positive game script. And I'm a little bit worried about the game script of some of those uh, upcoming games on the schedule. Yeah, no, I can see that. I, I definitely think that the San Francisco matchups, the Philly matchups are definitely like the matchups to, to worry about. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man, you know, even with San Francisco, like there's a couple, there's been a couple of running backs who've been doing okay against them. Like last few weeks before the buy, like, you know, um, I, I think that I'm leaning more towards the talent and the opportunity of a player like Walker over the the matchups. Um, okay. You know, I, I think I'm somebody who doesn't value matchups as as much as most people. I would say I think I value more over the overall opportunity, talent, that sort of thing over the matchups a little bit more because there's been so many times where these running backs they just come through um, even when the matchup isn't ideal. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Walker is that is that type of player. Now, the, what I, what I would be more concerned with is whether Charbonnet starts moving it. Right, that's mm-hmm. that I would I would I would consider that being a little bit more worrisome than the matchups. You know, if that makes and that's sense. that's also one of those things. I, I think that was something going into right after the draft when I saw you know Charbonnet was one of my favorite running backs out of this draft class when they took him. <laughs> That's part of what worried me is because I was like, well, now they've got two really good running backs in Seattle. Mm-hmm. They don't just have a backup. They have potentially two starting running backs. So I, I wouldn't be all that surprised if we do see this continued split backfield um, moving forward. Right, right. Uh, so Ramondre Stevenson, let's move on to him. He's been way more involved in the receiving game than he's been earlier on in the year. He's averaging five and a half targets over the last four games. He, he has a good matchup against Indy. This week, they've allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks, the fifth most over the course of the season. Um, you know, I like I like Ramondre like a lot more than I did earlier on in the year. Uh, I have a question for you, though, moving on. I have Jameer Gibbs one spot over Bijan Robinson, and this might be a little crazy. Um, a really good matchup for Bijan this week against Arizona. I'm trying to I'm trying my best to avoid all this noise around him this week and rank him properly. Uh, I have them at 18 and 19, respectively, for these two. Um, what, what's really disappointing for me personally is that Bijan, he's running a lot of routes, but he's not being targeted in the receiving game, which makes no sense to me at all. Um, so that, that's part of the reason why I think that um, the floor for Gibbs, like even though we might not know what the exact role is right this week, um, would you consider Bijan, though, a solid RB2 for you this week? I've got him as RB9. <laughs> so oh, wow. I, I I really love this matchup. I know all the, the noise with Bijan, Arthur Smith. I, I, I could look like an idiot after this week having him that high, but the matchup's too good. And and Atlanta's actually only um projected to win. Vegas has them as like a one point favorite. So I think this game will be close. If it was if it was a higher, if they were like, you know, negative four or something, 
I might think we see more Tyler Algier. My hope is that in a closer game, not like it's happened, but that they use Bijan more in this one. I hope Arthur Smith succumbs to the pressure a little bit. There, there's I'm using a little narrative and a little gut uh, feeling did on you this. See his, did you see his? Did you hear his uh, six minute spiel on Tyler Algier yesterday and how good he is and why he's being right. used over Bijan? I did. I I, I heard parts <laughs> of it. It's hard to it's Insane. hard to listen to that. I. I don't know how just, this guy. He was just blabbering on and on. Like it was just he wasn't saying anything of significance in that six minute spiel. It was just a bunch of like he was just like it was just blah blah blah. I was just like, dude, I how is this guy a head coach? Absolutely ridiculous, man. And, and maybe I'm just in denial. Maybe maybe I am too slow to come around on this. But no, it, it, I, I will say so. if the matchup if the matchup wasn't so good, Arizona giving up. Now here's the thing. I think both those running backs could have a really good week. I think Bijan. Could still finish as a top, t- you know, an RB one this week with a split yes. backfield this week because the matchup's so good. Arizona giving 100%. up the most most touches to the running back position. They're giving up the I think I've got the third most fantasy points in our rankings. So yep. it's just too good of a matchup. I I'm really bullish on on, uh, on. I guess I could say both of these running backs this week. Now, if you're gonna buy Bijan, I think the time to buy him is right now. Um, right before, yes, 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 yes. Right before this game, while the narrative is all about you know him not getting touches, people getting frustrated, and the news cycle frustrating them even more, they want to get out from from the situation. Like, go buy Bijan right now. Like, I think he oh, could yeah. have a really, really good, you know, rest of season. Okay. No, I, um, I completely agree. I think that this uh, offensive line is going to have their way with the Cardinals' defensive line as well. I don't think they stand a chance. There you go. Um, just to round out some running backs real quick, it's possible we see a little bit of an uptick in work for Alexander Madison, and it's also possible they start using Ty, Ty Chandler to comp, uh, compliment him. We'll see. Uh, he's like a borderline RB2 for me. Uh, who are you starting? Now, I was going to ask you who you're going to start between Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert, but it looks like uh, the only choice here is Deontay Foreman uh, because mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert is not expected to play tonight. Okay, so let's yep. move on from that. Um, just a few streaming running backs. Like, you know, I think, you know, we talked about, you know, the matchup being so good for Bijan. I think Tyler Ojil is definitely startable this week against the Cardinals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Keaton Mitchell against Cleveland. Like, a lot of people picked him up this week. I think you can flex him. Kind of a boom-bust play. Tough matchup on the ground last week against Seattle, you know, for the Ravens. But, boy, did not matter at all for, you know, both him and, you know, these the yards per carry was insane for both Keaton Mitchell and for, um, for Gus Edwards as well. And, of course, Justice Hill couldn't keep can keep that going. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, like, are, are there any other streaming running backs, like, you know, RB3s, flex guys that you want to highlight this week? Um, you know, I think Brian Robinson, you yep. know, I think he could come through. Now, I don't love the, I, I'd like this game better if it was at home uh, versus on the road, but he did come through, you know, against New England last week decently. You mentioned, you mentioned Algier. Um, I like yep. him this week. I think even Charbonnet, is kind of a deeper throw because okay. I do like both Seattle running backs this week. I think he could he could have a decent game. Um, if you want to keep going deeper, I like Zach Moss just because I like both. I like the the running backs matchup versus New England. Um, yeah, so those uh, – trying to think if there's anyone else I, I would really – Well, you know, one interesting thing about Brian Robinson over the last two weeks – uh, over 70% of the rushing attempts, which is not something that we saw before that. Chris Rodriguez was involved. That experiment, mm-hmm. you know, didn't go so well. So I guess he's been relegated. Um, so it's been just him and Antonio Gibson pretty much. But 
there's a chance that we see a big game from Brian Robinson, similar to the couple of the big games that we saw earlier on the year, uh, because of the fact that you know he is getting way more of the rushing share than he was getting. The last time he saw that type of rushing share, um, if I quickly can change probably tabs to probably actually look Denver. at it. <laughs> yeah. um, the last time he, he had 100% of the rushing attempts in week five. Was that Denver? Um, nah, I don't know si- if that was Denver. But but since then, 48%, 44%. It hasn't been good. Earlier on yeah. the year, 72%, 86%. Now he's kind of back uh, over yeah. 70%, which is, which is definitely a place where you feel m- much more comfortable starting him. By the way, you know, you, you mentioned Zach Moss. Jonathan Taylor, he on the low, like he moved into a little bit of a workhorse role. Yeah. Um, you know, in in the last game, like it was a little bit disappointing. You would expect a bigger game, uh, you know, against Carolina. But Jonathan Taylor, man, 75% of snaps, 62% of the rushing attempts, 75% route participation, which is absolutely wow. bonkers. Um, yeah. that's what you want to see. For Jonathan Taylor moving forward, he's a little bit of a sneaky buy low as well. Could give you, could be an RB one rest of the season. Yeah, no, no, I like that take. You, you had brought up uh, Chris Rodriguez for Washington. You know, he had that. There was that worry with the split a couple weeks ago that you brought up with Brian Robinson. Yeah. I never tried harder. I actually had Chris Rodriguez on a dynasty team. <laughs> I tried so hard that week to move him. Like it is, he didn't even have fantasy points. He just had like seven rushing attempts. And I was like, to to the Brian Robinson owner in that league, I was just like trying to get anything I could, and, and was that's uh, so to, funny, to, I, I, to no avail. To no avail. And now he's he's dying on my bench on my roster. I saw Chris Rodriguez at the Senior Bowl. Um, he did not impress me at all. So I'm with you. <laughs> I, I, I would have been trying to do the same. Um, yeah. By the way, uh, underclassmen now can 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 be in the, can can join the senior bowl this year. Uh, well, in January. Oh, yeah, what is it? That, I February, forgot about February, that. Yeah. So what are they gonna it's, do? They rename it? Cool. Do they rename it? <laughs> That's the question. But yeah. I, I don't think so. I think this is gonna be called the senior bowl. They can play in the senior bowl. They can play in the shrine bowl. Um, so it's gonna be super interesting. Uh, it's gonna be yeah. way more fun now. A lot more, oh, a lot yeah. more better players. It's gonna be. Oh so yeah, because it, it it used to be just like here's some. I mean, there was some biggish names. Like, didn't Najee go a few years ago? Like, yeah, I, I mean, Christian like they're, Watson they're, was there. Mm-hmm. You know, Trey McBride was there that same year. L- last year, there was a bunch of bunch of like fantasy relevant players. Like, uh, Tank Dell was there. Um, yeah. this past season, there's a yeah. bunch of guys. Michael Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I believe you great. told me he sh- he showed up for like one day, and then was like, no, that looked was very good. That was, no, no, no. That was Puka. That was Puka. Puka was one day. Oh, was it Puka? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was Tank. And he, and All right. He did so, and he, and he did so well that you know I guess they pulled him. So oh, we okay. Right. Well, I'm gonna have to make it this year, Froz. I'm, I'm ex- dude, especially if they're opening it up, to. dude. We're yeah. actually thinking about doing like a like a getting a, a huge Airbnb and just having like a like a content house or something with these guys here. So please let me I'm, know I'm, if, if there's when room. I say these guys. If I sound different, it's because I'm in a like a hallway, pretty much like at the game day NFL. Uh, I did a, did a little show with with the caps off guys, um, but yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this episode, Steve. Um, again, the rest of my rankings, UpperHandFantasy.com. You can go check it out there, Steve. I appreciate you so much. And uh, yeah. Steve's gonna be, uh, you know, unless this, unless Steve really did not enjoy this show today, I'll talk to him afterwards. Um, he's gonna be on a <laughs> no, Thursday. I, I, I can tell you, you don't have to talk to me afterwards, but you can talk to me afterwards if you think I didn't, you know, improve the show or even add to it. If if because you I, I, were I saying a lot people, of. Uh, I think most people a lot agree of things that, that I was way saying. better, way better. Yeah, <laughs> because we're on the same page in a lot of stuff, right? So yeah. it, it is what it is. 
Um, cool. Uh, so no, th- thank you. Thanks again, really Steve. appreciate it. Anytime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Take it easy. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.